D&D Outdoors is brought to you by the Headline Outdoors. He- head on over to headlineoutdoors.com to watch season one, season two today, and also download Headline Outdoors streaming app on Roku or Fire TV. D&D Outdoors is also brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. Head on over to www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com and purchase your D&D Outdoors official t-shirt or decal today. Back everyone to D and D Outdoors. Today on the show, we have a special guest here, the epic chef, Kevin Blankship. On top of that, you know, we're gonna catch you guys up with some hunting news and you know, just ready to have a fun show with you guys. How you doing today, Dustin? Be doing all right if I can get this mic to work. Uh, it's working good right now. Fingers crossed. Hopefully I didn't just jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Ugh. Well, you survived your fury winter storms you guys were having out there? Oh, yes and no. We've So far, so good, but they're talking about we're supposed to hit the teens again and then it's supposed to be back up in the 60s. That is a little chilly. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's this beautiful weather out here. Um, if you are thinking about applying for the Arizona elk or pronghorn draw, today is the deadline at um, today, or if you're listening this in the future, it is not the deadline. It's past. The deadline is February 8th at midnight. So get your applications in, or if you don't want to, that's fine. Don't give me enough, as many people I have to go up against to try to draw a tag to go hunting next year. So if you don't want to put in, you'll be doing me a favor. I really appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, we just have some things to talk about here before we get on with Kevin. Did you see that? taxidermy buck i just i sent over to you from the texas winter freeze yes i did you want to talk about putting taxidermists on the spot i would hate to be a taxidermist now <laughs> uh, my taxidermist would probably hate me if i tried something like that yeah you show well we're gonna post a picture we'll get it posted out on instagram for you guys to see it but essentially it is a beautiful whitetail buck that was shot during that texas freeze last year the buck looks cold. I don't know if I like that. You don't? I think it would be one of those unique things just if you have a bunch of deer already in your um, in your collection. Just kind of a unique mount. It has ice hanging off the antlers, the fur and all that. I think I'd rather have the the backpack one. You know how the hide's like rolled up and then the head's sticking over the top of the... Uh, yeah, I, I like that backpack one too. I like that one better than that. I... That means it was cold, and yeah, about to do cold. He probably was in the truck at that point. Now. Yeah, it is Texas. You know, some of those ranches I've seen, they have the heated heaters in their box stands. So, who knows on that? But some other news on our last episode, we had Charles Whitwam on from Halford Wildlife. Well, good news is that the uh, one of the bills he was talking about that was to ban mountain lion hunting in Colorado did not pass. Um, they, because of using health wildlife and everything, they were flooded with emails and actually all sponsors of the bill pulled out. The only one person pushing the bill is the one that originated it and it failed to pass and it was kind of cool. 
I actually did get emails back from senators in Colorado saying, you know, how they aren't going to let it pass. So, I mean, just go show us. Your voice does not go unheard of. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and if you haven't signed up for HAL, uh, go ahead, sign up. The link is in the previous episode description, so use that. Yeah, you start planning one type of hunting, and that's just cracking the door for them to come right on in to start banning hunting everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, once the attack songs we saw in Arizona passed the trail camera, now they're coming after mountain lions, bears, and bobcats. So one thing after another, it's just a big snowball effect pretty much that happens. Ridiculous. Oh, speaking about shutting down hunting, too many Yellowstone wolves have been trapped or killed by hunters during the Montana wolf season. To date, 76 wolves have been reported to be killed once that number hits 82 the wolves for the season's over with but they decided to shut it down early because apparently yellowstone only has 10 wolves well not 10 wolves but they're claiming a majority of the wolves killed came from the yellowstone park uh that traveled outside and now there's not many wolves left which, I don't know. I feel like when I see a video of Yellowstone, there's always some type of wolf. They're saying there's only 91 wolves within the park of Yellowstone. That's kind of hard for me to believe. Yeah, with over a 1,000 wolves in the state of Montana. I mean, we've seen it. You know, you hear about the introductions of wolves in Colorado, but wolves are already migrating down to Colorado. Wolves have such a large home range that I feel even shutting that little bit down I mean, the wolves will come back. It's not like they're shooting at th- all 1,000 in the state. I don't know, but I actually, speaking of wolves, how far do you live from North Carolina? Oh, I can be in the border of North Carolina in just over an hour. Are you close to the Outer Banks? No. No. Well, I just read online, speaking of wolves, that they plan to release nine red wolves west of the Outer Bank. So wolves are coming to your area now, Dustin. Oh. When did you read that? Just They just released it today. Because it's a uh, Roanoke Island. Oh, out on the Red Wolves? They actually have a reserve down there because I want to go um, if you know me, I'm a big certain parts of history. I yes. Civil War, the, the Jamestown Williamsburg era. So I went, wanted to go to Roanoke Island, which was the first colony, but it never survived. They all disappeared. And yes. They have all that set up where you can go down there and look at the different things, but they have a like a sanctuary that you could actually rent a canoe and go through. And I was reading two or three years ago before, I mean, the whole COVID thing, I was looking at going, and they were talking about the two, how they have already released some of the red wolves, and they're trying to repopulate the area. Yeah. Yeah, but, they're starting to bring them in, um, it looks like, to that area. That is, um, it looks like they are going to be in the Alligator River, the Pocosin Lake National Wildlife Refuge, is where they plan on uh, releasing the next 
uh, round. They're going to release, it looks like, seven, nine red, nine red wolves. And two, nine red wolves family and two breeding pairs. So it'll be kind of cool to see how wolves, because you hear about so much out here in the western states, how wolves change out there. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild knowing that. And, and it's a book out about my my ancestors and all and how they came over as indentured servants. And once they paid off their debt, they actually explored some of Virginia. And they were getting something like 12 tobacco leaves for every wolf head they would bring back. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I, it, it's just like wolves here in Virginia. And then you start reading it, and it was red wolves. It, yeah. Smaller wolf than a wolf, a regular wolf that everybody thinks about. But. Yeah, looking at the pictures, they do look smaller. They look a lot cooler, too, than the gray wolves that we have out here. And the, so I think, yeah, it will be kind of cool to watch that. Sticking, you know, with Wyoming and that area. And Yellowstone. Looks like Yellowstone is developing a new bison management plan, which is the first time in 20 years. Apparently, there are issues with bison hunting kind of being down, and the current bison population is at 5,450. But only to date, only two bison have been killed with one of the 85 permits that hunters get. And it's starting to impact the um, vegetation in the park. So they want to keep the bison population either between through hunting between 3,500 to 5,000 or helping align the local tribes to hunt more. And I mean, it looks like they're going to start, if it's going to, it might be. Similar, it looks like they haven't decided, but they will look work to remove 600 to 900 bison from the park. And so it looks like it's going to be kind of similar to kind of what they did at the Grand Canyon. So you might be getting, be able to maybe hunt bison in Yellowstone someday. Well, you, we were just talking about the, the wolves in Yellowstone. Yes. So it's kind of like the, the polar opposite with the bison. So it's, you know, they want you to come in to hunt these, but you don't want you to hunt this. Then it's going to get the numbers up, and then it's going to flip-flop. Exactly. And, I mean, I don't – I'm no real expert with wolves, but I don't really see wolves ever taking on bison too often. I feel like, they, you know, they go more after elk, deer, maybe a moose, but I, I think, you know, with the small wolf population that Yellowstone has, it, it's going to be hard – to impact bison population. Even I don't even think grizzly bears go after bison, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the one I killed was a thousand pounds. So. Yeah. And that's according to everybody that I've talked to. That's a small one. Yeah. That's what I've heard. And I don't know how true it is, but yeah. I mean, if so. you got two grizzly bears together, working together, I could still take it down a bison, but a single... Uh, yeah, I don't see. I mean, I'm sure they get a smaller one than yes, but I'm not. I'm not too in. sure. If you have a video of a grizzly getting a bison, send it in so I can see it. Yeah, we would love to see that. Yeah, no, it would be it'd be pretty cool. 
Well, that's really all that I have for everybody tonight. Do you have anything? Not really. All righty, guys. Well, we are really excited to have on Kevin Blankship, the epic chef. We have a big announcement coming during this episode um, when we're talking to Kevin. So he'll be right on after a quick word from our sponsor, Kayach Headlamps. Whether you're packing out an elk late at night or trying to sneak into your deer stand early in the morning in the darkness, definitely want a top-of-the-line headlamp. Well, head on over to Cabbage and get your headlamp today. With 300 lumens and 220 degrees of LED light, the K110 headlamp is the best for you. Head on over to Cabbage and get your headlamp today. That is at www.kawachusa.com. As we said, Kaiwatch headlamps is the best headlamps out there. We would like to welcome on a very special guest. We have Kevin Blankship, otherwise known as the Epic Chef. How are you doing today, Kevin? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad to be here. Yes, we're really glad to have you on. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll just dive right into it. Um, you know, we've been talking for a little bit here, so... Tell us what what got tell us about yourself. What got you into hunting and kind of the epic chef and everything that you're doing right now? Well, man, uh, that there's a lot to that. Uh, you know, it goes back quite a ways. Uh, I've hunted and fished all my life, and I've pretty much cooked that whole time too. Um, I started cooking. I, I think what initially started me cooking was as I got tired of eating the same old things at home when I was a kid <laughs> and yeah and I think I think my parents kind of got uh caught on to it and realized that uh if they let me cook then they didn't have to deal with it as much so <laughs> it, uh, it, it kind of worked out really well and um I I got fishing from my grandfather we started when I was like two uh, I asked for a fishing pole, I believe, and, and then the rest is history. And then hunting didn't come until later on. It was probably, I was five, six, whenever my stepdad came in and uh, adopted me and my sister. And then uh, we we took off from there. Uh, I, I probably started cooking right around six, seven, uh, hunting, same time. And, you know, growing up in, here in Midwest Missouri, or Southwest Missouri, sorry. Um, deer, turkey, squirrel. Been rabbit hunting a few times. Uh, love watching dogs work. I don't personally have any of my own. I just don't have the time to train them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a dog, but I mean, I have a dog, but I don't have a hunting dog. And yeah, I respect to the people that train. My uncle used to uh, has like dog dogs. He's always trained. It seems like yeah. <laughs> to be honest. It's crazy. It's like I, I. It's hard for me to fathom how, how some of these, some of the people, outdoors people, get these dogs to where they just they do what they do. It's crazy. Yes. Oh yeah. It's it's special kind of person on that. That's for sure. For sure. For sure. And you know, so that uh, that love for the outdoors came. I mean, just naturally. I I believe that my stepdad and and. Um, my grandfather participated in it. I really thank the good Lord is who placed it in me. Um, and, and I've just ran with it and I've cooked 
a lot of different places over the years. I didn't actually go to college for uh, cooking until I was in my mid-20s. Oh, really? I actually, yeah, I actually graduated um, in 2016. And I had, I had cooked for a job off and on for at least a decade prior to that. Um, my first cooking job started up in a hospital, but and then when I graduated in 16, I signed on as the executive chef with a company called Fresh Ideas at a CNU account, a college and university. And we have 50 plus around the country. Uh, and, and then we're in a couple of different sectors as well. But that's when I really progressed, you could say, in, in my career and, and began to really uh, test the waters and, and really learn a lot. Gotcha. So really just kind of one passion and hobby combined with another passion and hobby and kind of just moved together essentially. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, and it's, uh, it's been working that way for quite some time back. Uh, well, right when I began, Dan school, I owned a landscaping business at the time and I had cooked at a place for a few years prior to that and then started this landscaping business and it was successful. Uh, and then I woke up one day thinking, man, you know, this is getting tough. I don't want to wake up and, and have a sinus infection the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I thought, well, okay. And I had decided that I wanted to go to college uh, to, to start to get the degree for cooking. And, and I don't know, sometime I was mowing. I, I don't remember. I remember the specific place. I don't remember the time when Epic Chef hit me and, and all it was, was a name. And, uh, that, and I don't have much more than that now, but it, it, I've had that for the last 10 years. Uh, in the back of my head and and as I progressed in my cooking career every so often I would it would bounce up in my head and and I, I knew I wanted an epic the epic is an acronym for uh, it began to be except home cooking and okay. the idea the idea was is to take restaurants restaurant food what you would go out to get at a, a nice restaurant uh, not five star, but not your average diner. Um, I brought to you in your home. That's and, awesome. And I would have a scaled out, and this is pre-pandemic, quite a while pre-pandemic, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Some markets may do good for it now, more so, and some may not. But uh, and that that's kind of where it's set. And I I just kicked around ideas on menu items and how to streamline it and and capitalize on on time and not being in there a long time but making an experience and so forth and and there were just so many variables and and i never really did sit down and do a whole lot of legwork on it uh and and years went by um and then in the last few months it just dawned on me to try to encompass my love for the outdoors and uh, for cooking, I love to go out and cook over an open fire when we camp and and have tried to do lots of different things while camping, uh, cooking over an open fire and, and involve that with my career. And 
then it kind of it shifted into uh, an edu- the acronym educational private in home cooking. Um, okay. And that's kind of where I'm at now, you know, with, with the outdoors. And um, I have a big passion for trying to step back from the industrial food industry as far as going to a grocery store or any kind of store and getting my food. Uh, now, obviously, I'm a hunter and outdoorsman, so I do stock the freezer with fish and wild game. But, you know, I still go to Walmart every week. Yeah. And and as a chef in the industry, I see firsthand just how over the years we've become so accustomed to um, – the products that's there and, and they're not, they're edible, but when you really look and think about what happens with a lot of the things that we buy commercially, uh, it's just really not that great for you. And, and you can walk into the grocery store and pick up an apple and, and it still not be what it would be if you were to go into the orchard and pick an apple and eat it. It wouldn't do the same thing for your body. It wouldn't taste the same. Uh, and, and so forth. And, and I'm, I've really developed this passion to try to step back from all that as much as I can over the next months and years and um, create my own food. Uh, and and I've, however, and somehow I, I anticipate that uh, becoming part of the blog, things that I write about, um, and an epic chef hopefully in the future that's awesome yeah so i guess what what is kind of a multi two-part question here first off what what i guess what is your favorite dish to make if you have one when it comes to wild game cooking or fish oh man putting you on the spot there (laughs) yeah for sure uh you know i I grew up eating venison, deer, uh, white-tailed deer, and and I love it. And and there's honestly there's no bad way to make it that I know of. Um, but it I, it would depend on my mood. But um, I love a crunchy country fried steak, like a pounded out, nice thin country fried steak that with venison. Um, we grind a lot of it too. And, and I love to make street tacos with it. It's, Ooh, that that, that's, that's one of my favorite too. And my daughter's favorite, my daughter's eight and she, she loves wild game. She loves spicy and she loves Mexican food. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. So then follow up what with your recipes that you make, do you, do you base them off, I guess, of traditional meals that, we, I guess that I guess non-hunters or outdoorsmen would eat, or do you kind of just say, you know, with your professional background, this looks good with this, and we're just going to throw this together? How do you come up with your recipes? Oh man, it, there's a there's a lot of it that's um, that's just throwing it together, you know. Like I I just I I'm not real great at following recipes. I, I'm good, okay at writing them uh, when I make myself do it. Uh, but I'm one of those chefs that's bad about not writing stuff down. Um, but I, I think it's kind of in the middle because okay. there's time, there's times that I will do like 
tacos and and i will do you know i have my ground venison in the and and i like to do a ratio of five to one venison to to bacon and i'll have that i have that in the freezer all the time sometimes i'll pop it out and i'll just make just normal tacos with a mccormick or my own taco seasoning with whatever i've got and then sometimes we'll uh we'll get crazy with it and and we'll test stuff like just a little while ago and in fact i think i sent some pictures to dustin um i made deer heart stew and that that one was a whole just off the wall i just shot the deer yesterday and i've been soaking the heart uh let's see what we can do with it (laughs) that's awesome that's amazing so have you yeah right Say what? You butcher your own deer? Yes, sir. Trigger the table. I wouldn't even be able to tell you where a processing plant is here in Missouri. <laughs> yes, I, I've I've butchered them all, and and fabricate, and then I'll grind it out and and do all of the packaging as well. Oh wow, that's awesome! So do you have a whole like shop, or do you just kind of just? convert your kitchen into that when it's time to go kind of both i have a uh, a little shed out in my um at my house uh, in the backyard and this year i set up a little area to or I hung a pulley and and actually tried to make it a little easier on myself rather than just pulling a rope over a limb and pulling up the deer or, or doing it on the ground uh and and i've got benches and stuff in that shed that i will age the meat in um it it gets quite a bit of good circulation and uh, i can keep it real dark and and somewhat control the environment if the weather's cooperating uh and i will age in there but i do a lot of the fabrication inside my kitchen (laughs) oh gotcha that's awesome well i mean we just yeah you have some exciting news for us don't you yeah, Kevin is going to be joining the Headline Outdoors group and be writing the articles. So we will actually be publishing a version of the Epic Chef, a monthly blog. So I think the uh, first one is set to publish, what, next week, isn't it, from the time we're recording this? Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, we're excited to have you a uh, part of the family here. Which means, whenever you want to come on the podcast, you just tell us. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was, I can I was, always sit down and talk for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, always, it's always fun podcasting. Um, but yeah, we want to thank you very much, you know, for coming on tonight. You know, taking time out of your day to speak with us. And we're really excited to have you um, as part of the Headline Outdoors family and I already talked earlier. You don't have any social media yet, but you do have a Go Wild account. So you want to tell how people can find you on Go Wild? Yeah, um, I'm just I'm listed under Kevin Blankenship on there at the moment. I'll probably be creating an Epic Chef, so be on the lookout for that uh, handle here soon. Uh, this is all still quite a bit in the works, so uh, there's no telling where it's going to go. But you can definitely find me on Go Wild now under Kevin Blankenship. Perfect. And if you're listening through Go Wild or you're on Go Wild, we will um, we will tag you in our podcast post when it comes out. Um, 
when we have that all in there. But yeah, thank you again uh, for coming on. And we look forward to working with you. It's my pleasure. I look forward to where it's going to go. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And we would like to thank Kevin Blankship, a.k.a. The Epic Chef, for coming on um, the show today. It was, it was great talking to him. We are really excited to have him here in the Headline Outdoors family. And we'll definitely be having him back on throughout D&D Outdoors as we keep going here. Um, you know, I really want to thank everybody that did go and reach out to the states, um, especially Colorado, to get that rule overturned from banning mountain lion hunting. And, you know, please keep checking out How for Wildlife, where they keep um keep you know everything in check that all the anti-hunting laws that are coming up out here um please also if you want to hunt arizona as i said at the beginning of the show do not forget to put in for arizona today february 8th at midnight is the drawing or i guess you say at 11 59 is the drawings and you know we're look forward to talking to you guys again thank you all very much for listening have a great day and if you're heading to work it will be over soon Thank you.